And that can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, or good afternoon, Cousin Rick. Good morning, good afternoon, RT. Yeah. How are well, you today? it's afternoon here, and it's morning there. It is indeed. Yeah, a little, yeah, we have another half hour left of the morning here, so. Yes. All right, so uh, do you have a ride for the week? Oh, we've got a super ride of the week. Okay. And... Uh, it arrived a little late, but it more than made up for it in, uh, I should say, driving pleasure. I, we have the Toyota Supra, the GR 3.0 premium version. And this is a, a two-seat coupe, and uh, it's a, a fun road rocket, I would say. And uh, let's go through the, the specs here, okay? Mm-hmm. It's got a three-liter twin-scroll turbo engine, six-cylinder, that puts out 382 horsepower. So it's pretty snappy. It's got an eight-speed automatic transmission. Now, unfortunately, if you really get into it, there's no manual transmission, but you can still have a lot of fun with it uh, uh, zipping around here. It's got sport-calibrated electric power steering, so it's really tight turning. It's got uh, Bembro brakes, four-piston brakes that have red-caliber pistons, so people know what you have down there. It's got aerodynamic treatment under the body. And uh, it's uh, going through the specs now. It's made in Graz, Austria, home of my late mother-in-law. Hmm. And that uh, it's actually built by Magna Steyr, which is an Austrian company that builds cars for several automakers. And it's on the same line as the BMW Z4 convertible. So this is basically the same car, although with a coupe body. It's got the same powertrain on it. And uh, ours comes in what they call turbulence gray. So if you're smoking down the road, they know what the turbulence is, Mm -hmm. okay? And it uses premium gas, but what's interesting here is it gets fairly good economy for a a high-powered vehicle. That's because it's only a two-seater. It's a lot lighter. But the EPA numbers are 22 miles per gallon city, 30 on the highway, which is terrific, for a combined EPA rating of... 25 miles per gallon. Now, the base price of the 3.0 premium, the, for the premium tag on it and options, it's $54,590 uh, MSRP. But you can get a just a 3.0 version with a single scroll turbo engine for $51,090. And if you want a smaller engine, a 2.0-liter four-cylinder engine with 255 horsepower, that'll come in at uh, just over $43,000. And the uh, package that we had, the only other option was a uh, driver-assist package with radar cruise control, blind spot monitoring, and cross-traffic alert. 
for about $1,200 and $80 worth of carpeted cargo mat. Now, what some, some of the other features on the car, it's got an auto-leveling auto LED headlights that uh, aim, the, aim the headlights straight down the road. It's got a color head-up display. It's got really neat sports seats that you can adjust the bolsters on the side so that uh, when you corner around the turns flat like a go-kart, you, uh, the seat cradles you and holds you in. And finally, it's got a really super 12-speaker JBL audio system. And that it was a real nice sound. And so in the, the limited time I've had this car, I've been enjoying it. And so that's our ride of the week. All right. Toyota GR Supra. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, anything else automotive today? Yes. Of course. And uh, just hot off the press this morning from our friends at iccars.com, they looked at the used car prices of uh, oh, several million car sales in August, and uh, used car prices are still up there. It's, uh, the price increase over last year is still high, but it's less than it was in June and July. The uh, used car prices this uh, past month in August were roughly 26% higher than the same month last year, than August of last year. And the, the top 10 vehicles with the biggest price increases for used cars are uh, affordable cars, lots of small affordable cars, and luxury cars. It's kind of like a dichotomy there, each end of the spectrum. Uh, the small cars are usually the most affordable for most of the population, and because they, that drives demand, their prices have stayed high. And uh, oh, conversely, the, the higher-priced cars, those people who buy these vehicles, such as the Mercedes-Benz G-Class or some sports car, they can afford the price, and so they're willing to pay a premium for vehicles that are in short supply. And uh, the, the vehicle with the greatest price increase of just about 50% over last August is the Mitsubishi Mirage, which is a subcompact car. The, uh, the average uh, used car price for that is 13400 but that's still roughly $4,500 more than it was last year. So you've got an interesting, uh, interesting effect there of the way uh, small car prices are going, basically due to the chip shortage driving mm. the, the shortage of new cars. And uh, some of the other cars on there are small cars, the Kia Soul, the Kia Forte. These, these are roughly 30% more than they cost last year used. So we've got, uh, again, some interesting effects there. And if you want to see the full list, you can go to iccars.com and find their, their latest study. All right. Do you, do you have a Musk Minute for us, by any chance? Oh, we got an abbreviated Musk Minute. Okay. Yes. The Inspiration4 mission went up for uh, three days and splashed down in the Atlantic. And they're making the big 
the big news from this mission is that the toilet didn't work right. So that's a that's a source of uh, humor for a lot of people. But that's about it for the Musk minute. Uh. Elon says they'll fix the toilet so that on the next mission it'll, you know, it's not really a toilet. Basically, it's just a hose system for number one or number two. I see. All right. Well, I hope they get that straightened out. Okay, um, what else do you have for us today? Okay, from uh, Volvo. The Volvo Construction Equipment Company has just completed a test out in California of electric-powered construction vehicles. They have a small excavator and a small power loader driven all electric. And the uh, and they are going to make these commercially available starting next year. And the bottom line on this is that the performance in the construction uh, task is the same as diesel engines, diesel engine construction vehicles, but obviously you don't have the emissions problem. And what is an interesting side effect, without a diesel engine and all its accoutrements, you have less maintenance. You Basically, you only have the electric system, which is low maintenance, and the hydraulic system. So uh, the operators said that was a benefit they really didn't uh, think about when they first got them, but uh, they enjoyed it doing less maintenance. Now... Uh, the only thing I would think that would be a drawback is uh, if, uh, no, these things require a couple of hours to charge overnight if you're, you're on the job. You have to have the power at the construction site. And then uh, maybe if you're, you, can, you can get through a shift with these two machine, machines with a uh, full charge, but say you're working a double shift on a construction site, that might, that might be a problem. Hmm. So we'll have to see how this works out. But that's uh, Volvo's electric construction equipment. All right. And uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay. We'll go from Volvo to Rolls-Royce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rolls-Royce, their uh, aerospace engine uh, oh, component, has won a contract from the U.S. Air Force to re-engine the existing fleet of B-52 bombers, which is still around 75 bombers that were first used back just after you were born, well, back in the 50s. Unbelievable. Yep. Well, they said they were over-engineered the airframes, and there's 75 of them left. And it's kind of like a workhorse airplane. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they've got a contract for 608 engines, because there's eight engines per airplane and 42 spares, and it's going to be built in Indianapolis, Indiana, where Rolls-Royce builds a lot of their engines for American customers. And the, the engine itself is used on some airplanes, including the Gulfstream G50 business jet. So it's a, it's a proven engine, and the, uh, the maintenance is a lot uh, easier, a lot less than the existing engines that are getting old on the B-52. Hmm. All right. Do you have anything else for us today? Yes. One more item. Okay. And this is something that I think is really cool because 
you know, we talk about all this technology doing this, that, and the other, but here is a sensor that uh, the researchers down the street at MIT have come up with. It's a wearable sensor that will help ALS patients to communicate. And it's a, a stretchable skin-like device. You would put it on an area of the face that attaches to the patient, and it measures small movements, say like a, a twitch, a smile, or whatever, because uh, after the disease progresses, an ALS patient will often lose the ability to speak. But with this thin a skin-like sensor that you put on the face and you can cover it up with uh, maybe some makeup or some, something else to make it less obtrusive, there's four piezoelectric sensors embedded in a thin silicon film. And the MIT researchers say that the materials are so low cost, it, would be, it could be made to, uh, for maybe $10 for each sensor. And the, uh, they tested this with uh, patients or, or volunteers that uh, volunteered to come up with a program of facial gestures that an ALS patient could learn to express certain emotions or feelings or what they want to do. And software, uh, they've come up with a software algorithms that can interpret this. And they said right now they have about 75% accuracy of differentiating the different movements. And they uh, want to get that up to around 90%. And they'll have a library of... uh, facial movements based on phrases. And the device could also be used to track uh, the progression of the disease in the patient by how they respond. And it could also determine whether any treatments that are prescribed for the, uh, the patient are working. So that, uh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of an up note to end on here today. So that's a wrap and Glad we could get together. All right. Glad we could get together. And uh, let's do it again next week. All right. So that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Utopian Dream.